to First Time Lord. I'm Daniel Levane, and believe it or not, I had never seen a single Doctor Who episode until I started this podcast. And of course, I am now hooked and cannot wait until the next time I get to dive into these amazingly fun stories. And so today I'm going to be talking about what so far has to be my favorite episode of this season, Boomtown, which is episode 11 of season one, Boomtown, and to cover this episode, and so many things happen in it, we definitely, I need somebody that knows Doctor Who in and out, somebody that has been a Doctor Who fan for a very long time, so I had to bring John Sobel back. Welcome back, John. Thank you for having me, and yes, this is, I think this is my all-time favorite uh, story from season one. It, I actually it, downloaded oof. it. I downloaded it onto my phone from the HBO Max uh, website. Nice. So I have it forever. It It is such a fun episode. Uh, and let, let's just jump right into it. Uh, now, listener, if you have not seen Boomtown, here's a perfect time to pause the podcast, go watch the episode, and come back because we will talk about everything that happens and you will get spoiled. So let's jump right in. Hold on, wait. I don't think everyone's back yet. Okay, oh, now. Okay. Okay, we can go now. Yeah, there we go. There we yeah. go. I, I heard that last click. Yes. Now, six months after the events of uh, World War Three, this is this episode. So it, we have a very specific time period here. Oh, yes. Six months after that event. So technically, would that put us uh, in the Doctor Who timeline? That would be roughly 2007-ish, yes. Because we start in 2005, he comes back 12 months later, so that would be 2006. Right. So-ish, maybe Uh, end of 2000. Yeah, winter time of either late 2006, early 2007. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, it is winter. So we get back, and of course, right away, the Slovene are back, which, okay, I, I... Kind of was prepared for this. I was warned that uh, something may have happened and somebody may have gotten out of that house. But uh, holy crap! I, I wish you hadn't been because that's such a that's such a fun reveal right away when you hear the voice before you see the body before you see the actress. Uh, yeah, I mean the 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 precursor to the episodes uh, always show a little trailer and. It, it 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 sort of hinted at it, so I, w- I was almost prepared. But this episode brings back so many things. Uh, we get the Slovene back. We get Mikey or Mickey, Mickey uh, or Ricky, as uh, the doctor <laughs> wants to keep calling him, uh, or Mickey the idiot. I love that. Uh, and Jack is still there with them, yes. uh, in a very like John Travolta kind of outfit. Like yeah. it, 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 <laughs> the, the, if John Travolta was still a greaser in the 2000s, I would imagine that that's what he would yeah, look like. Probably because he's got that like tight T-shirt and the cargo pants is hilarious. Yeah. John Barrowman always wants to make sure he's showing off everything he can. Uh, listen, John Barrowman, <laughs> like his hair in this episode on point. Oh, yes. Oh my oh, yeah. gosh! I wish I had his hair. 
So do I. Uh, but Holman, I mean, he looked great in this episode. But not only do we get all those characters back, but we we start to we started bring in some of the things that happened in previous episodes. So there's a very specific reason why the why the TARDIS is where it is. Oh yes, the TARDIS is where it is. Is well, actually there's there's two reasons, and one one is story driven and one is not. Uh, the non story driven is that they are in Cardiff is because this is where they are filming Doctor Who at mm-hmm. this point in time. Is they have they have uh, built all their studios and everything in Cardiff, so they are currently in, you know easy enough just to step outside the studio and mm-hmm. to get some of the local shots. The mm-hmm. storyline reason is that the rift that was closed in episode three. Uh, the Quiet leaves, Undead. Right, with The Quiet Undead, where, the, um, oh, I'm going to, Gwyneth uh, closed <laughs> the rift, but mm-hmm. even closed rifts leave scars. I love that word. It, it leaves a scar. Yeah. It leaves a little remnants of it and that in the space-time continuum, and that w- can help fuel the, the TARDIS. And that was such a wonderful little moment where uh, we start to see the sort of the the joy that Rose and the Doctor and Jack uh, share in sort of this adventuring lifestyle that they have. Uh, and they're so happy to share that with uh, with Mikey or Mickey. Right. I think it's it definitely shows at that point that they've gone on uh, adventures that we've never seen. Because they are mm-hmm. now a really fine-tuned group that you didn't see when you just, you know, basically he just joined the group the episode prior. And and I did uh, I, I did notice that uh, later in the episode uh, when Rose is walking with uh, Mickey or Mikey, I keep Mickey. calling him Mickey. No, it is uh, Mickey. Mickey. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Why is I mean, I should know that he signs my checks, uh, Mickey, (laughs) uh, but when, when they're out for the walk and she's talking about this planet, the lady weeping and the, the, the beach and everything, I was like, wow, that is the first time that we actually hear about a story that we haven't seen. That's the first time that we get the idea that Rose and the doctor have been adventuring outside of the bounds of what we've seen, which is kind of cool because it expands that timeline a little bit. Yeah. The plant, uh, and just, would, just for reference, the plant's called Woman Wept. Woman Wept. Okay. Woman Wept. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, but it's such a great moment where all three of them are so excited to tell uh, Mickey what is happening. And then almost immediately after we get a lot of official history of both the TARDIS and the police boxes. Yes. Which is really nice. I like that because when you first see the uh, very first episode of Dr. Who is in the sixties. So mm-hmm. being a police box on the corner was no big deal. Uh, and then they, you know, I think the very second episode, they went somewhere, uh, else they went and obviously in 1966 65 when it started 65 when it started um the the budgets you know were not what they can be nowadays and so you know you already have a the shape of it you keep the shape of it and claim it's a broken 
chameleon circuit mm-hmm. instead of you know changing it around. But the very first episode is in London. So mm. that's the shape of the box. That's the shape of the box. And uh, Jamie had mentioned that in, in a previous episode that the the BBC was basically just trying to save money on production by not having to change it. And so the, the story that oh, it was yeah. stuck uh, and but getting to hear the the reasoning, uh, I, I had no idea that the box was meant to sort of be used as a holding oh, me uh, neither. cell. That was kind of cool, you know? <laughs> right. The, the whole setup is kind of cool because it's, uh, you know, first uh, Rose calls it a, uh, a cloaking device, which is mm-hmm. like, oh, well, you've watched Star Trek, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> mixing up your terms a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah, but, you know, it, it was it was very neat uh, to get that little bit of history. Uh, and even uh, Lady Slovene, you know, makes a, a comment about... How'd you get the outside around the inside? Like I'd give you the secret, yeah. It's a, it's yeah, a little but, brilliant thing, which is uh, almost everybody, you know, when they walk into the TARDIS, it's it's bigger on the inside. Right, and that's right. That's the, the running gag. And so when they don't, when, when they actually change it around, it's actually, you know, you, you take notice. You know, and someone says, you know, how did you get the outside around the inside? Or, you know, it's smaller on the, it's smaller on the outside. You know, it's always the different take of what they usually say. Right. And I, I, I love, uh, we get a little bit more about Captain Jack in this episode, uh, but I love uh, Mickey's response to him. What are you captain of? The innuendo squad. Yeah. Uh, when he's like, you know, they're looking at, you know, what all these people are doing coming out of a box. You know, yucka, ha ha, wink, wink, yeah. nudge, nudge. Uh, and even the story that he tells in the little, you know, when, when they're all having that wonderful lunch, uh, you know, his story in, it involves a bunch of people being naked and right. being chased by something with large tusks. Uh, you know, so we get a lot more about sort of his, uh, and I, I covered it in uh, in the episodes prior with Jenny, of his uh, fluid nature, shall we say. Yes. Uh, and in his fluid, uh, you know, demeanor, uh, which I absolutely loved. I thought it was such a great little touch uh, to keep including that in, in the episode and to have Mickey, of all people, be the one that sort of calls it out. Um, but again, you know, th- there were so many cool little things that happened uh, when when the when Jack gets a little jealous about uh, the physical reaction uh, that Rose has to uh, Mickey, and he looks at the doctor and says, "Oh, sweet! Look at these two. How come I never get any of that? Buy me a drink first. Such hard work, but worth it." Well, exactly. And it's such it's such a little, you know, play going is, you know, the doctor is kind of, you know, fluid as well, because mm-hmm. obviously this is his ninth incarnation that we know about. Mm-hmm. And that's a spoiler for much later time. Um, OK, much later time. Uh, much, but yeah, much it's just later. much, much later. But yes, it's every time you, you know, every time they say things, it's just a little more information without realizing it. You know, yeah, little, it, little it, hints that you need to go back to a hundred years later and go, oh wait, <laughs> and it just shows uh, what a wonderful working relationship these characters have uh, come to have. Oh, absolutely, uh, which is you know fantastic. And the lunch is great, and then officially that's where things take the turn for the the usual adventuring. 
which in this episode, we got a lot more action than I think we have seen, uh, even in, in an episode like the, the doctor dances, uh, I would have expected to see the same level of action, but you know, the, 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 they storm the office in that sort of like magnificent seven kind of walk into the lobby of oh, yes. the, the mayor's, uh, you know, such a great little entrance with all of them and just their tough walk, you know, and then the, the uh, Captain Jack sort of barking out the orders and the doctor turning around going, Oi, who's who's in charge here? And it was like, well, I mean, yeah, that's a great plan. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, what he said, it's good. Let's go. <laughs> but I just wanted to make it obvious that this is me. I, I'm in charge. Right. And, you know, it's such a great, like, the, the character interplay in this episode just really cements how super fun these characters are. And it's like, and again, with the actors as well, obviously Billy Piper and Christopher Eccleston had been together for many episodes, but just even the, that uh, John Barrowman had just come in. Uh, a couple episodes prior, uh, either they went out and had a bunch of drinks together and got to know each other, whatever. They mm-hmm. really worked together very well. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Their, their chemistry was fantastic. Um, and then, you know, in, in the mayor's office, as the doctor is going to confront the, the lady Slovene, we get, uh, something that made me laugh super hard uh, because you know the, there's a thing about bad movies and how inevitably in every bad movie there's a really hokey moment in which somebody speaks the title of the movie. Yes. And there was that moment in this episode in a very sort of tongue-in-cheek way where the doctor goes, Just go in there and tell her the doctor would like to see her. Doctor who? Just the doctor. Right. And it just made me laugh, you know. It, it, it's it's such a cheap little moment, but it's still, you know, I it, it is of course intentional, um, but it was of such course. a funny way of uh, bringing up the title of the show uh, because that that was one of my first questions on episode one of this podcast. You know, what is the doctor's name? Uh, and why isn't it Doctor Who? Why is it just the Doctor? And I joked. I said, so basically, it's just an Abbott and Costello routine. The, the name of this episode is an Abbott and Costello routine. And here we go. Episode 11, it finally pays off. And they make that joke. And it made me laugh out loud. Yes. And they'll make that joke <laughs> many times in the years. It's, uh, you know, because you can't just say the Doctor, you know, to to normal people. They're going, well, everyone has a name. So mm-hmm. the Doctor is a title. Right. No, actually, no, the doctor is a name. The doctor is the name. It's right. just the doctor. Right. Uh, which was great. Um, and then while the doctor just says, as after the guy comes back, the Lord Mayor says, thank you for, for popping by. She'd love to have a chat, but um, she's up to her eyes and paperwork. Perhaps if we could make an appointment for next week. She's climbing out the window, isn't she? Yes, she is. Again, like the comedy in the show, when it works, it's really, really funny. And that was another one of those moments where it's just his delivery, his smile behind that, the the, the words, 
totally perfect. It works perfectly for him. Uh, and it leads to that fun little chase where, you know, once again, like you see Jack being all heroic and jumping over the card and Rose just booking it down a hallway and Mickey like stumbling through things. Right. right. <laughs> you know? That's you actually know, funny. That's one of those things where, you know, in knowing that this is one of my favorite episodes and studying so much on this episode so I could be prepared for this. Uh, if you look right behind the cart, um, as, as Jack jumps, you see there's a small mini tramp that's there mm. that he hits to, to clear the, to clear to it without any, height. to get the height, to clear it without any, uh, uh, special effects. Nice. Nice. I, and I, I mean, the, the comedy again, down to seeing uh, Mickey running around with a bucket in right. his foot on his foot, you know, that's such a, uh, you know, grow, growing up, the only thing I knew about British humor was the Monty Python's Flying Circus and Benny Hill. And Monty Python's completely Flying Circus. Different, completely different humor. Exactly. You know, it was all about the irreverence and just the wording. Whereas Benny Hill, it was all about the physical comedy. It was the, you know, the physical gags. And that moment of him running down the hallway with a bucket stuck to his foot was very sort of classic physical British humor. Oh yes. Um, which I, you know, I completely appreciate. And, uh, you know, M- Mickey, the idiot, uh, like the doctor calls him, uh, as they find, uh, uh, as they find lady Slavine and we find out how she was able to escape. That was fantastic. Cause that was my first question is, you know, how did she not get blown up? And there she is. She's got that funky little earring transporter thing. Uh, and once again, the comedy, the doctor just pulls out a sonic screwdriver and teleports her right back. Right. <laughs> and every time she tries to run, you know, he teleports her right back. And right uh, back a little closer. <laughs> and, right. <laughs> Until he just says, I could do this all day. Which was, again, super fun. Oh, yes. Uh, and then once they take her prisoner, things definitely take a turn for the darker in this episode uh because the she's she's going to start laying out some some pretty interesting ideas uh that are you know we'll definitely talk about but right away you know when she's when when the doctor is figuring out her plan uh once again we're exposed and I'm going to ask and I have a feeling I'm not going to get much but I have to Blade Drog. Drug. They say yeah. Blade yes. Drug. Blade uh, Drug. Bad Wolf. Yes. And and now this time he has a whole little thing. He's like Yes. Blade Drug. What's it mean? Bad Wolf. But I've heard that before. Bad Wolf. I've heard that lots of times. Everywhere we go, two words following us. Bad wolf. How can they be following us? Nah, just a coincidence. Like hearing a word on the radio, then hearing it all day. Never mind. Things to do. I have a feeling that he's hiding something. Um, I don't think so, but you will definitely learn more about that in the next episode. Yes, yes. Which I'm, I cannot wait because this bad wolf business has really been 
uh, fun, but you know, sort of this nagging, like I want to know more. Right. I think it's um, more. I like Rose's take on it. You know, when he first mm. mentions it, and she says to the point of, uh, you know, but I've seen that. I've seen that lots of times. Mm-hmm. And and they're going over it and they're they're trying to figure it out before dismissing it because that is something important, but it's not important right this second. We In have to deal moment, with the right yes. this second. Uh, and and so we 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 get uh, almost immediately after that. Um, Lady Slavine is saying, "Okay, so you're going to take me back to my planet." Well, they have the death penalty. And when I say, you know, things start to get dark, she she really starts to lay on the guilt. Oh, absolutely. And and and, and literally sort of saying, you know, you're not my jailers, you know, when they when they take her back to the TARDIS uh and Rose is like, "Oh, see, the police box is a jail." Ha ha ha. And he's like, "You're not just my jailers, you're my executioners." And who's going to look me in the eye and who's going to, who's going to, basically she's, she's, she's looking for weaknesses. She's like a velociraptor checking, you know, the fence. Um, But But at the same time, she's, you know, of, of all the people that are talking, it's Mickey. Who's the one who's talking? Well, you deserve it, Mm -hmm. which is really out of place. But I mean, I understand because he was the one who got stuck with pressing the button and saving the earth in world war three. Um, but at the same time, it was, you know, so out of place of him to be the, the person of negativity and, and you deserve it. And you've killed all these people and you should die. Just he was also, that was the first you know, the Slovenes were the first sort of encounter he had with this otherworldly experiences that Rose had already had. Right. You know, he, it was the first alien that he came in contact with outside of, uh, the doctor. Uh, and it was certainly the first, you know, menace that he had to deal with. I mean, ultimately the first time it is Rose's mom that, uh, ends up, you know, the heroically destroying the Slovene that was attacking them. But yeah, you know, Mickey is, sort of witnessed their destruction. He's witnessed what they've done. Uh, and yeah, he's the one that sort of pushed that button. But, you know, I, I, I can see M- Mickey is definitely trying to show that he could belong to this group. Yeah. And there's still apprehension. You see that in, in, in him. Uh, and ultimately, you know, he, he does walk away from Rose uh, because he is still, not quite there yet um but we we did get to see a little side of mickey that we hadn't seen before and i really liked it i I really liked him standing up to her and having that moment of you know you definitely deserve it i don't care that you're going to try to lay this guilt on me it's not going to work i feel you need this this punishment it's fitting it's deserving it is. It's just such. It's such a uh, break of character that it's it's fun, but it's definitely interesting. It's definitely like, whoa, where did that come from? But that's okay. Right, right. They've been dealing with a lot of different things now, and they their character should change a little. Well, and this is definitely a, a, a good episode for Mickey, and I I, I really felt for him. Because he has this, you know, they go outside of the TARDIS and he's basically, you know, he finds out that Rose didn't really need the 
the the passport that he you know trucked on the train all the way from London to give to her uh and so he he sees this moment of like oh maybe she does really care about me and then like all you know dumb young boys uh he messes it up by trying to make her jealous right uh but you know that's a, that's a big moment for him because it's the first time that we see him sort of try to stand up for himself and you know he he does try to make her jealous and then almost immediately it backfires and he's back to being sort of the very sentimental very emotional boy uh which i can completely side with because i i feel like i was definitely like mickey uh in my youth in that i was i was the sentimental boy i wanted the girls to to you know to love me and he is so smitten with her that you could see it, it bothers him and it hurts him to think that he is not necessarily the number one thing in her life. Right. And even though she, he had, you know, said, let's, you know, we could go out to dinner, we can go to a bar, we can, you know, possibly get a mm-hmm. hotel room if you're going to have to stay here the night. And she's like, okay, that's fine. Let's do that. And then he gets jealous as she's talking about all the different adventures that they were on. And then, you know, says, oh, I'm seeing Trisha Delaney. Mm-hmm. And like, we're, you know, I don't, I don't know if he truly is or not. I, you know, it could be a lie. It could be, you know, who knows? It well, could be I, plan I to make it, jealous or did they I, go I out on he, a date? Who knows? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think he does sort of uh, he, he almost immediately caught to the fact that he's not really seeing her. Uh, when she goes, I know you, and I know her, and I know that's never going to happen. So who do you think you're kidding? At least I know where she is. So I, I got the implication that he was just basically dropping the first name that he could think of, of a girl that she would know, that she would think is lesser. Because she even starts saying, like, oh, she's kind of thick, isn't she? Yeah. And he's like, well, he lost, she lost weight. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it was definitely a name that was meant to evoke that jealous response in Rose, which he got immediately. Oh, yeah. And then as soon as he saw that, he breaks and he, uh, in my eyes, he copes, he cops to it and he tells her, well, no, it's just, I, why can't it be me? Why is it always somebody else? Um, and, and he says, you know, just give me a sign. Let me know and I'll wait forever. Which well, is, you know, such a romantic thing to say, such yes. a hopeless romantic thing However, to say. However, she doesn't she doesn't get to give an answer, unfortunately, because right, then right. And and once again, you know, the 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 everything goes to hell and uh Mickey just sits there and goes, It's always him, it's always the doctor, and it's never me. Um, which is such a sad thing but it's true you know rose has definitely made her choice and she's going to continue on the adventure uh rather than settling for just the the romantic uh life that clearly mickey wants yes the quiet uh, romantic life the yes the very quaint back to normal uh romantic life uh but going back to what was happening in the tardis uh, we get a really awesome moment uh, from the doctor uh, as as Lady Slavine is sitting there 
prodding and poking and and trying to evoke uh very much like mickey trying to evoke a rise out of the doctor um she she allude she alludes to the fact that you know this is a, a godly device talking about the tardis and the doctor has that wonderful moment where he goes don't worship me i'd make a very bad god wouldn't get a day off for starters so yes, what, and then it's, and what, then do, what do you think you know, is is that alluding to something bigger in the horizon, or is that just? I think I think that is something. A moment? If I remember correctly, it's having a moment plus maybe you know things that have happened in the past. Uh, you if you visit a planet that doesn't have any kind of real uh, technological, uh, uh, you know, they're in the Stone Age or mm-hmm. even in the Bronze Age type of thing, and they see something that the Doctor can do, and they worship him like a god. Uh, like the the old uh, natives would do, and Americans mm-hmm. would, you know. And the bad, again, going back to bad movies, you know, the the traditional, yeah. you know, uh, guy guy comes in with a lighter, and then the natives worship him. He's a god. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that may have happened. It's been so long since I've watched the old episodes, but that's definitely uh, things that have uh, I know has has have happened. I couldn't specifically point out a an episode name or number or even mm-hmm. which doctor, but it's definitely happened where they've been. Uh, deitized. Yeah, it, it just the it was a very sort of tongue in cheek response, a very sarcastic response. But I felt like there was a menace behind oh. it. Like no, it wasn't. Just, I think just it was a, just a history behind it more than a menace. Yeah, like it, it it wasn't just you know the words and being sarcastic and and sort of trying to stab back at her. But there was definitely a weight to those words. Um, but then she even says, you know, she they, they have some awesome exchanges in there. But, you know, she she starts going on about how you're always the first to leave. Uh, and at least you now have consequence. Yes, Meaning it's definitely she, you know, it's definitely playing that plays a lot into his psyche uh, where he's stuck and he just he can't just fix the things and leave. And that consequence uh that particular consequence you'll you'll see very soon uh, mm. coming up. That particular something I did and fixed and then left, but truly didn't fix. Mm. And that's all I can say about that. But well, I mean, that'll they're be sitting that'll, on that, top of the riff that, that <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're literally uh, on top of that one. Um, right. But it's just amazing how the play between. The, the three of them, uh, uh, Captain Jack and the Doctor yeah. and, and the uh, uh, Margaret. Mar- Mar- Margaret in a uh, you know, Slovene uh, in a Margaret costume. Yes. Um, the- yeah, it's talking, it's going back and forth about uh, his consequences and always leaving. And, and then she brings up the death penalty and then asking for a last request of some sort. Which leads us to one of uh, the, the the moment in this episode where, once again, I arc back to another pop culture reference uh, to connect to Doctor Who at the at their dinner at their you know last supper of sorts for her. Uh, they have this amazing little Princess Bride battle of wits moment. Oh yes. 
<laughs> you know, where she's the the Vizini character, uh, and she tries to poison his wine, and he immediately switches it, and then she's like, "Oh well, I can generate a dart with my finger," and he like catches it. He's like, "Yep, I'm aware of that," yeah. and he goes, "And at the last minute, I could." Sp- you breath and he like spray something in her mouth like right. banaka or something it's just such a clever little exchange once again trying to bring levity into the show absolutely in- and it's just such a way that it shows that the doctor is way more aware of things than he actually ever says he is right because then she that, says how much his you know demeanor about carries. Yes, yeah. she says how much do you know about a, a female rexpiclorotorius, and he says only what I've seen, which is clearly not the case because he's able to stop everything that uh, mm-hmm. that she that she puts out there to try to escape. To which you know such a such a clever little exchange. But again, you know during that dinner, she's she has that moment where she prods him. And, you know, there, there's this long scene uh, earlier in the episode where we see this reporter who clearly has uh, what we now know as blonde Slovene. Yes. Uh, and he, she clearly, this reporter has blonde Slovene cornered. She, she has basically figured out that any major, uh, any, anybody that had any clue as to what was happening with this project that somehow discovered the lethality of this project was involved in an accident of some sort. Uh, and we get that moment where you're like, Oh, you have a boyfriend. Oh, you're going to get married. Oh, you're pregnant. And she lets her go. And now it pays off in that conversation with Dr. Who because she's basically trying to say, look, I've changed. I haven't. I had every opportunity to destroy her, to kill her, and I didn't. And the doctor turns it around and he goes, well, that's just, you know, you you just, you let one go. A little victim is spared, and that's how you live with the atrocities that you commit. And that line is significantly deeper than just the show right absolutely <laughs> oh my god it, yes and the way he be, says that and his and the way he says is yeah every once in a while you because they pleaded the right way or they smiled or they did something and you let them go and that's how you live with yourself mm-hmm. you know and and that the implications outside of the show are huge and that's you know every so often i hear the the writers of the show sort of come out and and make a stand and that's a very powerful line and almost immediately it gets turned around because blonde looks at the doctor and he goes only a killer would know that and once again we see the doctor get very serious and very somber uh almost admitting to it without saying yes that he he is a killer yes and he's had to and and may have to again and just mm-hmm. we keep on saying blonde so let's get her proper name out there it's blonde fell fotch pasmir dade slithine yes pasmir <laughs> day slithine okay yes i just i have it written down i have to <laughs> uh i told yes, you this I, is my favorite episode i love this episode because there's so much happening 
It, 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 yeah, and then there's those moments between him and her, and the moments of a blonde sort of really prodding uh, at the morality of all of these characters and sort of trying to attack the morality of these characters uh, in a way that all of a sudden, when when the riff really starts to open back up and things start to go to heck in uh, downtown Cardiff. We, you know, we think and she, you know, she even alludes like Dr. Wait, you know, I've got this bracelet. I don't want to get destroyed. And he takes the bracelet. It was like, no, 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 I'm sticking to you. Yes. Uh, you know, you're like, well, that seems really out of character for her. And once back inside the TARDIS, we find out this was her plan the entire time. And she was basically just trying to you know, mess with their heads while she was waiting for the, the ticking clock countdown of what she knew was inevitably going to happen, which was yes. the riff was going to tear open and she was going to ride the shockwave into, you know, her retirement. Yes. And then sell and sell the, sell the pieces and, you know, as well. <laughs> right. You know? right. And, and once again, we go from uh, an episode where everything seems to be good to, the earth is in imminent danger of destruction once again <laughs> uh, within, you know, mere minutes or seconds of distraction, uh, destruction uh, as the doctor ends up once again, you know, it's nothing that the doctor does, but this thing happens and he, you know, we, we get a lot about the TARDIS in this episode, which I really liked. Yes. And a lot of conversations about how wonderful the ship is and the doctors, you know, this is my TARDIS. This is my ship. And the ship is alive, he says. And you've opened its soul and she stares right at the TARDIS and at the TARDIS's soul. And... Then she vanishes. Well, she says thank you first. So you got to right. know what what did she what did she see that right. she was able to say thank you because that's clearly a she saw something that touched her deeply. So I I have a theory, but what 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 do you think was that moment? What do you think that thank you was for? I think it was. I, I personally, if you know, if I want to, you know, reach into the brain of uh, of a Slovene and say, what would she be thankful for? Is probably to show her that while she had lived this horrible life, that she can uh, be changed and can change if you went to another planet and just lived out your life. Uh, unless they did tell her, you know, unless the TARDIS told her, this is what I'm going to do to you. Uh, which we haven't said yet, uh, but that mm-hmm. was just that where, you know, it's so hard to, it's so hard to see, but I think it's, you know, to teach her that life could be better if you allow this to happen. I, I would like to think, uh, my, my theory is exactly sort of like that. I would like to think that the TARDIS sort of showed her that there was an opportunity to be different. There was an opportunity to, uh, serve the that that side of her that felt the goodness that felt that she could not that she didn't have to be a killer that she could just let life be life and 
saw saw that there was at least a possibility for good and that the TARDIS said, I, I will spare you your death, but in return you you get a chance to sort of do things over, don't mess it up. Right. And that's why she looks at the doctor, says thank you, and then we discover that she's been basically reverted back to an infant, to a baby. She is an egg. Right. She has not yet had this life that she's had for the time, uh, however long she's been alive. Uh, but that was that was a really interesting moment because here's the TARDIS doing the work of the doctor. And the and the doctor just explaining, you know, I, I don't know what I've never looked at the heart of the TARDIS. I've never looked into the soul of the TARDIS. Yes. Uh, and and he starts extrapolating as to what the TARDIS might have done. Um, so it, it shows that even though he's been with the ship for arguably, you know, as long as he's been alive or most of his life, and yet there's still parts of the ship that are unknown to him. Yes, well, yeah, and that to this day, there's parts of the ship that are truly unknown to the doctor. Mm -hmm. It's just such an interesting idea that the, 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 a man that has been around for as long as he has, and he knows as much as, you know, we, we talked about it in this episode. He knew more about the Slovene that he led on to, to, to know. And yet there are still parts of his own ship. There are still things about his own, people that he doesn't quite know oh yes and you know ultimately the show ends with this beautiful message of sort of there there are second chances you know and rose has that moment of uh longing for mickey uh sort of clearly sort of longing for that second chance to to get things right yes and there's definitely uh uh you know, Mickey saw that she was okay, but knew that she would always choose the doctor first, even though, you know, so he just kind of slunk off in the dark, so he could not be found. Hmm. Of course, how how much did she look for him? Did, you know, that's well, she just, another, she that's just another story. Uh, she saw him walking away. She she spotted him uh, when she you know when she goes back out and 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 sees. She knew he, you know, he slunk back. Probably he went back to to London. Um, yes, to back home. Know, yeah, but there there was the there was a really sweet moment there of sort of saying, you know, I I long for second chances, and the doctor sort of you know clearly saying, you know, she has a chance, and and Jack being the one negative voice is like, yeah, but she could grow up to be even worse. And the doctor looks at him and he goes, but she has the choice. Yes. Which, you know, seemed really important and relevant in that moment that the doctor is still sort of being uh, the voice of reason and giving her the benefit of the doubt, um, which is something uh, some of my previous uh, guests have uh, hinted at, that the doctor doesn't necessarily uh, – see evil in everything he he sees the good in in everything he and tries only, he tries to see the good in everything right there, and, there's and a few there's a few with, he doesn't that he knows right away 
Well, yes, the, the the his confrontation with the Dalek, as, as we discussed in that episode, yes. you know, it is clear. Um, but there's also it, it's clear that it's not just with that specific Dalek; it's his experiences with the Dalek as a as a species. Yes, and and what his past experiences have led him to be very afraid of and very vengeful of. Um, but when and to go he back is, to that first that first episode, also besides the Dalek, it was also the the Cyberman head that was there. It was just right was, the, know, the stuff de- of nightmares. Yes, there's definite creatures that he knows that are just horrible, and and just it's so hard to to be able to uh, do this for so long without you know trying to find the good in everything, but realizing that it just can't always happen. Right, but and, but even in the way he discussed uh, that the the Cyberman, he he initially says a friend, yes, and then he changes it to well, an enemy, and then tells us the stuff of nightmares reduced to an exhibit. Um, but even even in how he sees that his you know some of his most dreaded enemies he still sees them as friends he still he's looking for the good in everything and it's part uh, of partially being as old as you are when you're as old as you are and you tend to take on companions that are from earth uh they have a limited lifespan compared to mm-hmm. your own so mm-hmm. if you're going to do that then the, your only your only friends are the people who are either fellow time lords which none exist so that we know and uh and your and your enemies the only ones you yeah. are, that you relate to they're, especially yeah, they're, they're especially only... an enemy that is uh, a mechanical enemy that necessarily can't you know die of old age yeah it, it, it it's just it, it speaks volumes of the the character uh, not the character itself, but the characteristics of yes. Doctor Who, that he is such a compassionate person that even though, you know, this this woman, this Slovene, this this, this female, uh, has wrought so much destruction and has tried, you know, multiple times at this point to dispatch of the Doctor, and that he's still showing compassion and that, you know, he... He's hopeful that she will change for the better. Oh, absolutely. And that's you know. part of what that's part of who the doctor is. It's, it's such a wonderful quality that um I really appreciate. Uh and yeah, it, it ends in an, it ends the episode with the TARDIS uh disappearing away from Cardiff and traveling to Rexacoracophelopatorius. There you go to drop her at a hatchery and give her a chance at a new life. Yes. Um, so that's it for my questions. Is there anything okay. that I missed? Oh, there, oh, Is there anything? There's, there's a bunch of things that are going on in, in this okay. episode. Okay. Uh, which a lot of it for me leads back to previous years. Um, first of all, the. Um, hang on. I got so many notes here and it's just driving me nuts here. <laughs> I have digital notes. I have, um, hang on. Okay. So first of all, the quote unquote surfboard, mm-hmm. which is a tribophysical waveform, melokinetic, uh, extrapolator. 
Mm-hmm. Is Gallifreyan science, which is Gallifrey, which is the planet that the Doctor is from. Um, oh, okay. And that was first mentioned in a fourth Doctor episode, um, which is the uh, uh, the most famous of all the Doctors, uh, the guy with the long scarf. Uh, uh, I was going to say, is that the scarf Doctor? Yes, that's a guy. Uh, and his <laughs> companion... Uh, uh, the doctor, uh, according to the notes here, the doctor opens a door by, by moving his hand. And Sarah Jane Smith, who is a uh, an old companion uh, from Earth, uh, says, is that tribal physics? And the doctor says, yes. So that's something that has come up in the past. Before. Yes. Also, mm. um, one other thing, just really, you know, not really important, but to connect old who and new who, uh, Mr. Cleaver, who was the uh, scientist in the very beginning of the episode, saying, uh, saying to Margaret Blaine, the, uh, the mayor, of, mayor of Cardiff, if mm-hmm. this plant goes through, it will destroy everything. He was in a, uh, an old Doctor Who story in the seventh, with the seventh Doctor called Remembrance of the Daleks, uh, and a character mm. called Martin. At this time, he's the first actor who was old, new, and new who. And he will later be uh, play another important character in the Doctor Who spinoff, which when that uh, first will get mm. mentioned soon, we'll, we can then start talking about that. Because it There's definitely has... There is definite information out there, uh, or very soon, soon will be out there, of the name of the group. And then we can start talking a little bit about that. But until then I will leave that, uh, mm. attached to the tip of my tongue. Okay. Uh, but yes, it's just, there's a lot of little funny things in this that, um, uh, that I like that actually came from, uh, blonde, uh, when she's talking about, uh, uh, when they're in the office looking at the, plans and the uh nuclear uh, reactor in the middle of the mm-hmm. town and uh i think rose says didn't somebody from london come here and see this and she makes the comment of in cardiff london doesn't care the south wales coast could fall into the sea and they wouldn't notice oh i sound like a welshman god help me i've gone native <laughs> and I love that. It's just again a little a little humor in a uh, time where they're talking about how this could affect the world and affect everything. Um, it's just you know nice little nice little aside in the middle of all of it. Defending Cardiff and and yes. then joking about how she's gone native. She's yes. become such a human. Yes, and so that I love that a lot. I like that. I like that a lot. I didn't love that one. Um, mm. And then just the, just the whole the, this whole episode uh, being the um, uh, penultimate episode. Um, basically, we're getting uh, to the finale uh, to to wrap up a lot of things to finally show the bad wolf uh, as something more than just what the audience sees. Uh, it's just such a nice episode. This episode was never in uh, the original plan. They actually, I was, re- again, reading up. Uh, mm-hmm. They were originally going to go to um, to Pompeii because they had talked about Volcano Day in the mm-hmm. episode prior. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were actually going to go to 
Pompeii in this original originally, and then they changed it, made it a lot easier. Uh, and then one final thing is that that uh, lovely uh, artwork, uh, the the water artwork that was right where the TARDIS was sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, hang on, because again, like I'm digital on some of this, and of course <laughs> it keeps on refreshing here. Um, that is, um, the area is called Ronald Dahl uh, Plass, named after Ronald Dahl, the author, who was born in mm-hmm. Cardiff. And that particular uh, uh, artwork turns off when it gets too cold after a certain time, and they actually had to film that s- the scene of Mickey and Rose outside of the TARDIS on two different days because halfway through it just shuts off automatically. Uh. <laughs> so they hadn't, you know, they had no choice. It's not like, oh, can you turn that on a minute? It's, it's an automatic thing. It just turned off. And I was like, oh, crap. All right, I guess we got to wow. do this again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. That, I mean, that, that's a beautiful piece of art. Oh, and, I loved it. It's, and it's still there. It's awesome still, you could go, if you go to Cardiff, you can see all that. Oh, I, I I can't wait until the next time I get to to go to England because now I'm going to be looking for some of these. Uh, I mean, the, the the first time I ever traveled to England, we walked across the bridge that is featured in the first episode, you know, in, in the London Eye. Uh, so we we I've walked all along that area, but there's so many places that they've mentioned that I, outside of London that I now want to visit. Uh, that that courtyard certainly is one of them that, yes. that looked beautiful. And you'll see that courtyard a lot more again uh, when we when we get to talking about the uh, the next show, the spinoff. This oh okay because that's also you know again this is you know filmed in Wales you know it's all filmed right here in Cardiff in Wales mm-hmm. and uh, the other show was as well. Oh okay. Well, I, I, I'm interested to find out what the spinoff is. I had no, uh, yes. no idea that there was a, an actual spinoff show. Oh yeah, you'll when we get, uh, I'll tell you that they talk about it during the Christmas episode. Oh, okay. So when we get That's there, just then we two can talk episodes, about it. two episodes from now. Yes. So in two more weeks, I'll get to find out. Yes, you'll hear about it. You don't, you won't see it, but you'll hear about it once you hear the name. You'll go, oh, okay. Uh, well, I can't wait. Well, this has been, uh, again, this has been one of the most fun episodes so far this season. I was smiling from year to year. I was interested the entire time, uh, getting all of that history about the TARDIS uh, and where it came from and why it's stuck in its form, uh, and then getting to see a little bit more from the TARDIS by getting to, well, we didn't get to look into the, the soul of the TARDIS, but... Uh, definitely one of the most fun episodes so far this season. Oh, so, um, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, I loved, like I said, I, I, rec- I downloaded it onto my phone so I could keep watching it over and over and over again because I just love this episode. There's so many little things. You've got to, you know, just to catch everything, you have to watch it multiple times. And those, those, are, those are my favorite. So I definitely enjoyed this one thoroughly. And I'm glad that you were here to sort of walk me through some of the things that I missed and, and share a little bit more of that history, uh, which is super awesome. And I can't wait to delve more into. Absolutely. And I can't wait. Like I said before, I don't, I'm, I'm purposely not watching episodes until after these episodes air so I can watch the next episode, which, oh, look. What's the name of the next episode? 
Bad Wolf. Bad Wolf. Can't wait to it. So uh, let's let's thank you listeners for making it all the way to the end of yet another awesome first time Lord. And if you want to support the show, uh, there's a couple of things you can do. First off, please go visit firsttimelord.com. That is where you can find all of the previous episodes. Uh, You can comment on those episodes. Let me know uh, if there's anything that you uh, feel that I have overlooked in these last 11 episodes. If there's anything that you think, oh my gosh, uh, Daniel, you should have talked about this. Um, But also let me know if there's anything that you like about the shows so that we keep doing those things. Uh, you can also, uh, on that very same page, firsttimelord.com, you will find a link to the First Time Lord merchandise store in which we've got shirts. Uh, we've even got some uh, very timely uh, merchandise coming for the holidays. So go check that out. And uh, you can also find me on Patreon. The link is on firsttimelord.com. Or if you go to Patreon and do a search for Daniel Levain, I will pop up. And you can support the show through Patreon as well. There's all sorts of tiers. You can read up on some of the benefits for being a supporter there. So thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, John, thank you so much for stopping by and giving me all this new information to process before next week's episode. Oh, yes, absolutely. I can't wait to we'll do this again soon. Oh, very much, very much. I'm looking forward to uh, the end of this season and what it means and what it brings. So I guess now is uh, the time for me to wrap up the show so that I can get back to watching Bad Wolf. See you next week, everybody. Off you go, man. Do what you've got to do. Save the world.